Thanks, Doctor. Now remember, I'll see you again in two weeks when my exam is done. Okay. None of this whole, and, and, you know, please try to be on time. I know it's not always up to you, but none of this whole, I'll be back in five minutes and returning 12 years in 12 years yeah, again. Yeah, seriously. The, hey, what the heck? Oh my god, where did all the snow come from? Okay, who left the air conditioner on? It's November 29th, right? We didn't get back in January or something, did we? Doctor, you didn't drop us off in the middle of January. Hey, 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 where are you going? Man. Okay, he is totally taking us to that beach planet, he promised. Especially the snow's the snow's still around. Ugh, let's get inside. Let's get inside. It's cold out here. He needs to bring Tom Hiddleston too. Okay. Oh. <sighs> so yeah. It's Black Friday. <laughs> he brought us back on Black Friday. Well, admittedly it's the end of Black Friday. Okay, true. It's not like we had to go and, and hey. In the TARDIS, it's not like you have to go through customs. Okay, that's a good Because they would have been busy today. But hey, so how about we get this, this show started? All right, then. Hi, everyone. It's November 29th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 83 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. It's cold. Very cold. What the heck? It got very cold all of a sudden. It is like winter wonderland, seriously. Yes, we got lots of snow all this, of a sudden. This, this is not dusting kind of snow. This no, is, this is a good couple inches we got is, last night. This is like snow fort kind of snow. Yeah, which is weird, because usually we have the, the weeks of... You know, a few nice little flurries coming down, and then, you know, none of it stays, and gradually we get more and more, and we have to, you know, have a few days where it's really cold for it to stick, but all of a sudden it was just like, <clears throat> winter. Okay, but all the more reason to knit. Yes. And oh, all the more reason for us to acquire certain things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Knit Picks is having a sale, and we might be acquiring some tonight. Yes. <laughs> Mainly uh, for mittens. This, this won't help anybody by the time that this comes out, but hey, we'll be thinking of you. Yep. We we be shopping. <laughs> we will have bought all the yarn for you, so. But until we actually manage to get that order, yeah. what are you working on? I am working on the one thing that is knitting in my life. This is the scarf that I've been working on, the hooded mm -hmm. scarf. Ooh. I had this totally pegged wrong the way that this hood was going to come out. Because I thought, remember I stood up and I measured it from the top of my head down? Mm -hmm. That's not where it's supposed to be measured from. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you thought that I that thought, was going to be at the front. Right. I thought this was going to be at the front and it was just going to, I was just going to knit the hood back. Yeah, so you and thought... instead... Yeah. This graft goes at the back of the neck. Sorry, yeah. you can hear my knitting needles clatter. Goes at the back of the neck. And as I was reading the instructions, I kept reading over and over and going, I'm not getting this, but what the heck, it's an adventure. And after two repeats or so, I'm like, I get it now. I'm knitting the hood up. Yes. So Yeah, because you knit that, that big, long, sort of scarf-like thing. So and right, then... now, right now, I've got a really cool sort of like villain <laughs> villain color going here. This is very... Uh... Yeah, it, it it actually looks a lot like some of the Time Lords. <laughs> they have the, these enormous t collars. So yeah, I'm a couple of repeats up the hood, and it's just going to go, I guess, up and at some point turn, sort of like mm -hmm. the heel of a sock. Well, if, it's, if you've got that extra length, maybe then at least you can sort of wrap the ends around your neck once yeah. and then put your hands in. And let's not forget that this isn't going to be the only thing I'll be wearing. I'll be wearing sort of like a puffy coat. Yeah, too. Yeah, so it'll... So yeah, this is the only thing I'm wearing... Uh, wearing? Knitting. Because I am... I keep subconsciously putting off the desolation of smog into somewhere around the 21st. 
Yeah. And that's... It just... It, you keep sort of thinking, like, oh, it's it's quite a ways away, it's quite a ways away, and, and no, it's not. It's two weeks. Yeah, I've got... I've got my countdown listed in my organizer. And from today, counting... Now, this is counting down to the Monday beforehand, because that's when stuff needs to get washed and blocked. That's 11 days. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be working only on this, just because this doesn't move as fast as the scarf did, because I'm doing two repeats for everyone in comparison. Yeah. So, but I should still finish on time. I'm not worried. It's just... Yeah. This is going to be my only focus until it's done. Yeah. It's just one of those things you have to be conscious of what you need to do to get it done time. And I need to find a bird to nest in my hair. Yes, need to make a little trip to Michael's and find some yeah. fake bird. Because, you know, that's just cool. And fake bird nesty stuff. <laughs> I should I should totally go in with a little... I do have sheaves of wheat, like like decorative wheat. I can make like little wheat sticking out of my hair and stuff like that, like I've been knitting in the... I've been living in the woods for a while. <laughs> anyway, so that's... So that's what you're working on? That's pretty much... I did cast off that linen stitch cowl. I figured it was tall enough. And it's just sitting in a pile of other knitting. <laughs> Because I didn't have a plan for it when I cast it on. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like my mindless knitting. And it grew to be about six inches l- tall. And I'm like, okay, most people's necks are not going to be much longer than that. Yeah. And I cast it off. And I'm like, okay, I still have half a ball left of this yarn. Like, <laughs> I, do- I can make a whole another one if I want to do, but-, but that can wait. Yep, you can make a whole, or you can make another cowl in a different pattern, too. But, so that's it. And what were you thinking of for the, the nitpicks order that we will be making? I am so totally getting palette. Come on. <laughs> all the palette. All the palette, all the time, all for, all for us. All yes. the colors. And what you will you, what, in general, what will you be doing with I've the palette? I've got this itch to make color mittens. Two color mittens. Yeah, same here. Yeah. <laughs> all the color, color work mittens. And I don't know, I mean, I have made them before. I was just like, right now, I really have the itch to do something yeah. that's smaller, but intricate. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, you get cravings for... I get cravings for certain types of patterns. Yeah. Or certain types of projects. And right now my biggest pro- problem is staring at the Knit Picks palette, like the 150 colors. Mm-hmm. And I guess... The centerfold, as we call it. Yes, the centerfold. And having the artist effect go off. Yes. Where I get the big anime eyes and the sparkles, and I'm just looking at it going... All the things. All the colors. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot to tell you this. This is... Sorry, I know I just totally startled you. Okay, this is hilarious. Okay, so I did tell you that we had a dessert day yesterday. Yes. I One of the things I did make was rum balls. Yes. But they were requested by management. So, yes. So they were... They <laughs> the were, booze was requested by yes, management. Yes. So they were okay. So they were okay. They were legit. However, in my rummaging around for... I mean, we don't drink at our house. In my, I have an astonishing um, alcohol pantry for the... <laughs> non-drinky place, but apparently. I found a little bottle of Bailey's, and it was still sealed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, you know what, I'll take this and give this to the VP because he's kind of cool and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever, and he drinks this stuff. So I went and I dropped it off on his desk, and he says, ooh, thank you very much, and he picked it up, and he goes, it's my precious. <laughs> and I laughed at him, you know, and we laughed at it, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a weirdo. And I'm like, no, 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 you are not near <laughs> oh, enough. Oh, honey. You are not near enough oh, honey. weirdo. Let me school you. And he said, no, I tone it down for here. And I'm like, no, there's your problem. It's like, no, seriously, let me learn you a thing. There's your problem. You're toning it down. <laughs> and he, we just sort of looked at each other like, okay, who's the bigger weirdo? Because we're throwing out our weirdo wangs here. 
Somebody's the bigger, <laughs> somebody's the bigger weirdo. And You're ripping of, it out and comparing them. One of us has got to blink. <laughs> but he is, you know, the VP, so I had to blink. Yeah. So, um, but that, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I, I really kind of want to yank you along to the knit night now. And please do not presume the stereotype because we will tell stories that will make sailors blush. <laughs> In fact, if we know in advance that we need to tell stories to make sailors blush, we will do extra research. So I really, much, yeah. I really want to yank you down to knit night right now. <laughs> Anyways, what Anyways. are you knitting? Well, speaking of hobbit along, I have six charted rows left. Oh, look at that! On my AF Yotla Yokel Shell, which are- is also which on my. Ravelry Group is called the Fire Under the Mountain Shell. Oh, it feels so good. I know. It is so soft and so squishy, and this yarn is gorgeous. It's by Twisted Fiber Arts, and it's in their aerial base, and it's the Ember Evolutions colorway. So you are past the black and into the gray now. Yep, it's starting to get into the gray. It's sort of starting in a darker gray, and we'll move into a lighter gray. Now, I have six pattern rows left. I have at least one, maybe I'll do like more than one plain row after that. And then I have the cast off, which is a crochet cast off. You, you know, put the, the hook through three stitches and pull a loop through, chain nine, hook through three stitches and chain them and slip them, chain nine, over 576 stitches of the full circumference of the shawl. That's another movie marathon right there. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm hoping to actually get, this this weekend I have the weekend off, and I still have a lot of Doctor Who to watch. So, though my brother and sister-in-law are going to be coming down, so I don't know how much of that I'm actually going to be able to watch. But I'm at least hoping to get some, some knitting time this weekend, and hopefully finish the chart at least. Especially because I'm going to need to carefully time the blocking. Because as I said, my brother and sister-in-law are coming to visit. And uh, the spare double bed, spare queen bed, size bed, is of course where they're going to be sleeping. And I'm going to need someplace big <laughs> to block this out. So I'm either going to have to see like when... They're going to be coming down for a couple weeks and going to visit her parents for another week or two or something. So I'll have to see like when they're going to be here and when they're not going to be here. So I know whether I need to get more blocking mats, because this is going to be large. Yeah. I mean, it's on the largest cable I have in my Chowgu interchangeable set. I think it's 50 inches. That looks 50 inches, yeah. And I can't hold the shawl out so that you can see more of, like, more than, like, half of it at a time. So. It is a giant mushroom cap of doom. Yes, it is going to be enormous, and it is going to be gorgeous. It is gorgeous, yes. So look at the color progression, oh my god. It goes from this lighter orange to deeper, darker orange, into red, into black, into gray, and it is gorgeous. I love their yarn. I want their yarn for all the things. But, so, I need to work on that, because as mentioned, we have 11 days before things need to get washed and blocked, if they're going to be done in time for the puppet. Oh, good lord. I can't believe that's coming up so fast. I know. It felt like something like... It always felt so far away. Because we had to wait for a year. And now it's like two weeks away. And of course, the other project I've been working on a lot in the last couple weeks is... My bigger on the inside shawl. Oh, you made good progress on that. Yeah. It's it's from the spring-summer knitty... Look at all those TARDIS... Is the plural of TARDISes TARDISI? I was wondering that. Or Tardi? I think it's Tardises. Did you put Daleks in? So yeah, it's from the Nitty Spring Summer 2012 issue. And I didn't put Daleks in because at the time, 
that it came to do to start the the patterning it was just the timing like the it was later at night or i was tired or something like that and you know putting the daleks in would have had to take some figuring out some brain power that you didn't have to spare at the time yeah and i didn't i didn't want to have to do the figuring out but i also didn't want to stop <laughs> no that's fair so i was like what the heck i'll just do it now considering things in day of the doctor i kind of wish i'd put two in <laughs> but then too i would have had to well i would have had to figure out how to put daleks in, i would put the Daleks at the ends so that we had a nice symmetrical uneven number of TARDISes. But yeah, it's going, but then, you know, I was kind of thinking this might not be the last one of these that I make. Because <laughs> it goes really fast. Like the time vortex lace that you do at the top, just, I don't know. It's just, it's a very simple lace pattern. It just went like crazy. And this, the idea of this is wibbly wobbly. Yep. It's wibbly wobbly. And though the thing is, if I do make it again, and if you people decide to make it, dear God, save yourselves. The pattern calls for you to to, to knit the uh, time vortex lace section first. And what you do is you gradually make one side, you increase on one side of it to make sort of a crescent shape. Mm -hmm. Then the pattern has you pick up stitches along that curvy side so that you can knit the TARDIS pattern and the ribbing pattern down. Right. People, if you don't like the thought of picking up stitches, because you have to pick up 311 stitches, do what I didn't, <laughs> what I thought of doing and then didn't, and cast on 311 stitches with a provisional cast on. Work the TARDISes and the rib first, and then knit on the lace pattern mm -hmm. at the top. <laughs> because, dear God, I spent a good chunk, like almost all of one night, picking up stitches. And then, of course, you know, the, the fun thing about trying to pick up stitches over a long, a large number of stitches over a long distance is that then you have to actually count how many stitches you picked up yeah. and figure out how to fudge it. I was actually like 17 stitches short, but I just fudged it in the first couple rows because there's a couple row, few rows of just plain reverse stuck in it. But right now I am on, you knit the TARDISes from the top down and I'm on the lo the bottom of the door, the bottom sort of panel of the right. door. And they look amazing. They look they like do. little TARDISes. Look like little blue police boxes. Oh my God. I seriously love it. But I think it needs to go into hibernation for a couple weeks. Okay. Or, you know, just not working on it quite as much. Because I do have one thing that I was thinking of doing, which I really need to. Well, a couple things, actually. One is every year at work, we, you know, they, they provide names, of, or not names, but, you know, age and gender of, you know, a kid in the area who otherwise, you know, might not get much for Christmas. And, you know, we'll buy presents for somebody. And this year, <laughs> this year there was actually quite a few left when I, when I, I happened to go to the location where they would have that. In. Usually when I go in, they don't have much left, but this time they had, there was a four-year-old girl and a one-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yoink, I want to knit baby things! <laughs> like, I'm like, I want, oh my god, I want to knit like little things for little people, because I don't usually get to do that. So I wanted to make like a little hat and knit set for one for the four-year-old, and maybe like a little sweater for the, the one-year-old. Yeah, I get to knit tiny things. Cute. As well as, you know, toys and stuff. But then also, okay, this one, Lily, if you're listening, skip ahead now. If it's after Christmas, you can listen, because it'll be, it'll be, you know, revealed by then. But Lily or anyone else I work with, if you happen to be listening, and it's before Christmas, Sawed skip off. ahead. This is secret. I want to make little knitted ornaments for my coworkers mm -hmm. for Christmas. So I should probably get on that. 
because we are kind of having our... Well, I, I mean, I don't have to give them to everybody. I mean, I'm only going to do it for the branch people. And I don't have to give them out at the branch Christmas party, the little branch Christmas party. But it would be a convenient time to do it, and then I could just have a box and be like, grab one. The branch Christmas party is in like two weeks. <laughs> hey, that coincides with something else that I know. Yes. So... I need to get it finished. Yeah, it coincides with The Hobbit. It coincides with my final exam in one of my courses. Because as of yesterday, I am done all the assignments. Thank you, God. Freedom! I just have to study for the exam now. Oh, dear God. How many of these ornaments would you have to make? I'm going to say at least 16, 18. I have to do the actual, like, staff count. Okay. Which is especially difficult because some... The part-timers like me tend to move around, so I have to think of each location individually okay. and then make sure I have all the part-timers counted for. I do have a pattern that I would love to use because it looks seriously adorable and it looks like it's fairly easy. Look at that tiny little turkey. <laughs> There's a pattern called stars, or actually that should be stars because it has a exclamation point at the end, by Kira Moffat, K-I-R-A. M-O-F-F-A-T. And there's these little knitted stars. But one of the things I really liked is that they're knitted in the round and the points are shaped using short rows because I found some other cute patterns for little knitted stars, but they were like, knit six, like five little points. Join the points. Knit to the center. Knit another one. Sew them together. And I was like, screw that. I prefer the least amount of sewing possible. Mm -hmm. So... Fair. I was thinking I can use, and it uses, it actually doesn't have suggested yarn for it, but what I, I was going to do is use some of my sock yarn ends. And I went to Michael's and I got some sparkly metallic um, embroidery floss mm -hmm. so I can separate off a couple strands and knit the strands together with the, with the yarn to make them kind of sparkly. Yay. But yes, so I want to do that, but I kind of need to start on those. Though, like I said, the, the, the due date for that is fluid. <laughs> okay, so there's that. But that's me. So shall we move into Geek Squee? Let's do Geek Squee. Okay. Well, let's start off with the big squee for today. The enormous squee, which is... We, we get have... more Sherlock. Yes, and we know when. And so we know how early one might be able to access episodes of Sherlock <laughs> if one has means. Sherlocky Tumblr has a listing. Sherlockology. Sorry, Sherlockology Tumblr has a, and we'll link this in the show notes. Has lists of all of the different countries and the dates and the times and the channels that it'll be shown on. Yeah, but BBC. At least that we know so far. Yeah, BBC will be showing it. January 1. Yep. So New Year's Day, they just announced today, the UK, the BBC will be showing it on January 1st, 2014, which is actually Wednesday. Then they're going to show the second episode on January 5th, so there's only four days in between the two airings, and then the next, the last episode will be a week later on January 12th. Which means that, you know, if, if one lives in the UK or, or has other means, one could possibly watch it on... New Year's Day. Yes, one could. <laughs> and they announced this just this morning. They've been sort of leading up to it a little bit. Like a few days ago, Mark Gatiss posted on his Twitter something about, um, on Friday, you know, something to the effect of on Friday, you know, London commuters should keep their eyes open so they can pay their respects. Hashtag Sherlock lives. 
which is the hashtag they're using for promoting the show. And so apparently, like this morning, it was hilarious. I was reading my Twitter feed when I woke up, and it was kind of hilarious watching people freak out because apparently, like, so people knew, like, okay, there's going to be like some kind of car, probably a hearse, driving around London with the date on it. Okay. Of when they're releasing, because of course the first episode is called The Empty Hearse. Right, right. So, like, there were people, there were tons of people in North Gower Street, which is what they, this, the area they use for the exterior of 221B. There were people at St. Bart's. There were people who were watching, there were people at Baker Street and people who were watching traffic cameras. <laughs> people around the world were watching London traffic cameras of all these different locations where they have, at least where they can, you know, wa- monitor that thing just in case. And it was hilarious watching some of the, especially some of the, the large fandom sites like the Baker Street Babes or Sherlockology or something tweeting out like, if you see it, let us know. I wonder <laughs> if this caused any problems for London traffic any cops. Traffic? Um, it would probably would have caused some problems. I imagine they they should have known to have people at North Gower Street because there was a large crowd there, and apparently the hearse did go down, go go through there. Apparently, it stopped just outside St. Bart's, like right about <laughs> at the spot where uh, Sherlock and the pavement kissed. Yes. And yeah, and apparently, and in the back, I've saw, I've seen photos of it. But basically, in the back of the hearse, they had like flowers in the back, and they had little flowers spelling out Sherlock, and spelling out zero one zero one fourteen. So that's how they announced the date. Initially, of course, then they you know then they announced it on Twitter and stuff. But yeah, so right now, as of recording, Sherlockology has dates and in some cases have times they actually don't have the time for the uk but you know it's probably gonna be like nine o'clock at night eight nine o'clock i would imagine and they've got the dates and times for the uk for denmark poland the usa south africa and sweden and they're asking if anybody knows of other countries or other areas where where they're going to be showing it to send them a note saying when it's going to be, and they will update the list as more information comes in. I'm kind of curious when the B- when BBC Canada is going to show it because they did show a lot. They I think they have the rights to show it in Canada. Of course, one of the nice things about this, and especially about the USA getting them so soon, getting it so soon after the US, is that it's PBS that has the rights to sell the DVDs in North America, so we don't have to wait five months for the DVDs. <laughs> need thy fix. Yep, I needs it. Okay, so of course. The other major squee thing this last week has been, oh my god, Day of the Doctor! (laughs) And all the other 50th anniversary stuff that goes on. We probably won't get too spoilery here because Maggie has not seen it yet. Yes, I've not delved into the Who-verse yet. She would like to get more background in it first. And her innocence is precious to me. I want to hear her reactions to stuff. (laughs) So feel free to go all spoilery and talky with Karen on the Ravelry group. Yeah, there is a thread. It's, you know, right now it says Doctor Who 50th anniversary. I'm probably going to even just shorten that title, like, you know, erase some of that title, and that will be the the Doctor Who thread. Because, of course, the Christmas special's coming up. And it's not that I'm trying to avoid Doctor Who. It's just that to do credit to the special... Yeah. I want to have more of a background. Yeah, you need to have some background knowledge. And you need to kind of see what certain things about the Doctor's characterization, you need to kind of see them right. before you find out everything in Day of the Doctor. It's not quite the same if you don't know. Before more feels go explodey and then yes. like fireworks, they cascade into more explodies. Yes. 
Pretty much. Okay. So yes, but actually, before we get into that, like, a couple nights before the Day of the Doctor, the BBC showed a sort of a, a dramatization, or a little movie showing, a, a, a film showing the dramatization of sort of how Doctor Who came to be. And this is the one that was made by Mark Gatiss. I know we mentioned it when it was filming, because they had... <laughs> I remember seeing photos from Mark Gatiss of filming the Daleks going across oh, the bridge in front of the Bill right. Parliament. That's right. That's what that was for. And he was he was complaining about how early in the morning it was and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he wrote it and I think produced it as well. Um, but it's called An Adventure in Space and Time. And people, you need to see this. It's so good. And there's so many feels. And you should have the Kleenex handy. Because seriously... I was getting like so wibbly at the end. There's like a few things. There's a few things at the end where it's just like, oh my god, I'm about to cry. Do you want any little spoiler? It's like, I mean, it's based on historical. I, I'm not worried about spoilers. I and okay. I will. I will give it my full attentions. Okay. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could watch this without before you watch Day of the Doctor because it really has nothing to do with it. But one of the oh, one of the beautiful things. Okay, it stars. Basically, it's about how the the show came to be and about this sort of struggle and getting it started um, back 1963. And David Bradley, who was Filch in the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. plays William Hartnell. And he, and it, it sort of focuses on him and Verity Lambert, who was sort of the main director of the show and who is like my hero <laughs> because, you know, she's a woman in 1963 trying to like run a show and not having people take her seriously. But she's been sort of given the full faith of the sort of creator of the show who by the way was canadian <laughs> cool yes and it, it's really sweet to see how they they managed to make this show happen and at the end and it goes pretty much go covers skips through a couple different events until sort of the end of william hartnell's run and like at the end it's supposed to take place at like his okay spoilers here it's supposed to take sort of the end it ends with sort of his last day filming and he's sort of one when it, the Okay, like you probably know by now that David Tennant. Everybody, take a moment. Okay. Car- Karen's for Clint. I'm I'm gesturing a lot with my hands right now. It's staring at the ceiling. I mean, it, it's hard to have avoided animated gifts of David Tennant's last line from his ten- tenure on uh, Doctor Who, where he's basically, "I don't want to go." go. Uh, e- even I know about that. Gatus used that line. <laughs> he gave it to Hartnell, and he's like, "I don't want to go," and I'm just like, "Oh, stop crying." But then, so the last shot is him, like Hartnell on, you know, on the set, just sort of, you know, looking around and being like, this has been my home for these years. <sighs> I'm getting kind of teary thinking about it. And he sort of looks around and he, the, the camera pans around. And when it comes back around, Matt Smith is standing next to him Aww. at the TARDIS. And he just, sort of, there's like no dialogue. Let's just sort of smiles at him. And then he, you know, reaches out on the old TARDIS, like the original TARDIS console and like, pulls the lever and starts up the the engine and it's like it's just oh this feeling of like you know acknowledging that this thing that this character that Hartnell really kind of created is going to live on and become so huge and continue for 50 years and it's just like oh my god I need Kleenex I'm having feels I'm getting all choked up right now it's really sweet okay everybody talk amongst yourselves yes so you guys need to see this need because it's so good and so well done anyway yes so that was the prequel of feels okay breathe in and out you need a lamaze class right now because that that was the warm-up okay 
for the feels, because of course, then came Day of the Doctor, right? Which apparently it had broke a Guinness, uh, created a Guinness I World heard. Record, yeah, for the number of people I think and the the number of cinemas that was showing showing it around the world. Yeah, fa- Facebook just totally exploded all over the yeah. place with my Twitter was my exploding that day, and I was so jealous because I was at work. <laughs> And I kept seeing people posting pictures of their TV screens with, like, the countdown. And I was like, I hate you all. <laughs> I went into spoiler lockdown, like, on Saturday morning. I loaded I, my Tumblr. I have it set to, like, paged. Right. Version instead of Tumblr has a thing called infinite scroll where you just keep going down and you keep scrolling down and it will just keep loading and loading and loading. I do it page because otherwise that kills my computer. But what you can do is you can load your, your first page of your dashboard is what they call it. And then you keep hitting the back button and it will start from when you went to your dashboard and it will go back from that point. So I can keep going back and I wouldn't have to worry about spoil seeing any spoilers because it's not like it'll update. Okay. I did. So I updated. I said, open a window with my dash as it was on Saturday morning. So that you <laughs> And I did not work. refresh my dash. Okay. <laughs> until Monday night. <laughs> because I went to see it in, at their local movie theater on the evening of Monday. And, oh my god, you guys. <laughs> Again, not gonna talk about spoilery stuff because I want, I'm, in Maggie's innocence is precious to me. <laughs> but I thought it was, I mean, there's a lot of mixed opinions about it, which you are definitely gonna get when it is a big, episode for a long-running series like this, mm-hmm. especially when Stephen Moffat is writing it. Having watched more Doctor Who, especially the, the Stephen Moffat years, I'm becoming very aware of his writing foibles, including one of the main ones, which is that he's like a kid at a Sunday bar who thinks that all the toppings must be the best option in the world. <laughs> He tend, in his big episodes, he tends to be like, yes, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want chocolate sauce, and I want caramel sauce, and I want raspberry sauce, and I want cookie crumbles, and I want sprinkles, and I want chocolate chips, and I want... This actually wasn't as bad as certain of his episodes, actually, for that. It, was, it wasn't quite so much everything and the kitchen sink as he usually does. And there's a few other things that, you know... So I knew Moffat was writing it, so I, I had certain expectations. And with those expectations... I thought it was really good. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Yay. I'm still not Yay. over the whole flaily thing. Like, I can obviously spot some things that's like, um, wait, Moffat, that doesn't really make as much sense, but okay. But, you know, this is Doctor Who, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> timey wimey, I say! But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely worth seeing it in 3D. Definitely. Like, because there's one, you know, right at the beginning of the movie, there's one shot where you, you see the TARDIS and you go in the doors. And as the doors open, you can see the depth of it being bigger on the inside. So it's like you are, like, going into the TARDIS and it is... Because we don't normally advocate for the whole 3D thing. Yeah, usually I am very... Most of the time I'm, like, 3D whatever. There are very few examples where the 3D has actually really made more of an experience. But this is one of them. This is one of them. Okay, then. It was really cool. I'm kind of sad that it was only showing the once. Because when it finished, I'm like, but I'm never going to be able to watch it in 3D again. <laughs> yes, you will, because, you know, we... Who knows what they're going to invent in the next ten years? It may be holographic right in the middle of our living rooms. That could be dangerous. I foresee a lot of injuries with trying to tackle holographic versions <laughs> of certain people and not realizing they're real and falling on the floor. But yeah, so there was... Like, yeah, we, we did have discussions about koalas and flying squirrels earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's um we'll explain that another day. Yeah, there was and it was some really great performances. I really enjoyed what how they, you know, brought in certain characters that have been in the show before. Let me think of what else I can say. Oh my god. Um 
You know, there's a lot of little things for fans. And the end is just like, oh my god, feels rather emotional, and especially when you're fan. Of course, the whole thing, I mean, because if we I mean, we told you last time to watch The Night of the Doctor and all this other stuff, and you know that John Hurt is a regeneration in between the 8th and ninth Doctors. So, of course, this is now begging the question of, okay, how are the regenerations working again, and how does the numbering actually work? Uh, this this kept coming, kept coming up. I saw yeah. in a bunch of stuff on Facebook, the Mary Sue and everything. What the heck is up with regenerations? Yeah, because technically, okay, I mean, regenerations weren't originally a thing. They came up with that when they were like saying, okay, we need, you know, William Hartnell's getting older and not that well we need but we want to keep the show to keep going hey what if he regenerates into someone else and then later on they came up with the rule that time lords have 12 regenerations so there's 13 different bodies of course matt smith is the 12th is the 11th we are now moving on to the 12th doctor so the show is gonna have to come up with something if it wants to keep going which i'm sure it will because it's very popular yes i'm sure they would like to keep printing money now of course first there's the whole thing of like okay so now there's a new regeneration in between the 8th and the 9th. So technically that means Peter Capaldi is the 13th. But then apparently in an interview in the Radio Times, Stephen Moffat has said that Matt Smith is actually the 13th Doctor because John Hurt is officially a Doctor. And he said that David Tennant used up an extra regeneration during his time at some point. I know of one instance that maybe... Sorta could count if you want it to, but most of the fans weren't thinking that way. So it's like, Meow. wait a minute. <laughs> like, no, so not only is Moffat now saying that, like, oh yeah, there's, it's, it's not only like, there's one more doctor than we thought. There's actually like two, like, Matt Smith is not only one place further than we thought. He's two places further. And now he's got to come up with some reason for, you know, how, Smith can regenerate into Peter Capaldi. Now, there's also been stuff going on. There's lots of speculation that, you know, the stuff from the Night of the Doctor or from other things have been able to add regenerations or right, something, right. but we don't know. And this is Stephen Moffat. He can probably just pull something out of his ass. <laughs> this is a possibility. There's also, as people have said, there's also rule number one, Moffat lies. So, which we know. From experience. So Moffat is Tim, is uh, Nick Fury? Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. Circular Needless logic to say, works. you can find a lot of discussion. Like, just looking at, there's a, I'm looking at the Mary Sue article about the Christmas episode, which is called Time of the Doctor. Guys, you can probably think of some different names for your episodes, considering we had Night of the Doctor, Day of the Doctor, Time of the Doctor. Oh, and there was the name of the Doctor was the end of season seven. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But in the, the MarySue.com thread about that, there's 85 comments all pretty much trying to figure, discussing what this could mean. Oh yes, and one other thing you should really check out, and again, which is not, which is not spoilery for Day of the Doctor. There is a little mini film that was made by Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy, starring them at least, called The Five-ish Doctors Reboot. And it's basically this little fan film about, about them supposedly trying to get into the 50th anniversary special. And it's got a bunch of little cameos in it from other people who have been in Doctor Who, like Paul McGann, who was the eighth Doctor. It's cool. John Barrowman, who was... Captain Jack Harkness. And it even has a little cameo from Peter Jackson and Ian McKellen. Because <laughs> supposedly Sylvester McCoy has taken off from the Hobbit set to try and get into the 50th anniversary. And they're like, <laughs> uh, Sylvester, we need you. 
for filming. And of course, like I can see, <laughs> and Sylvester says, "Wibbly wobbly, timely whiny." He's like, "Oh crap!" Well, he was. I think in the in the episode, he's actually like, "Oh, they won't need me for a couple days." And then then he gets a phone call. He's, he gets a phone call. He looks at his phone. It's Peter Jackson. He's like, "Oh crap!" It's really cute. But yeah, it's adorable, and you should really watch it. So, like I said, it's called the Five Ish Doctors Reboot. Cool. And of course, Peter Jackson is a huge Doctor Who fan. fan. He's yeah. got like some of the original Daleks from the original show. I think he has two, doesn't he? Yeah. So maybe it's not. When I saw it originally, I was like, "Oh my god, they actually got Peter Jackson!" But yeah, that would make sense. He'd totally be like, "Yes, I am so in for this." So, but on to other geeky things. Oh, and speaking of things that were making us making us cry, or at least was making me cry when I was at work, but in a happy almost, way. Yes, happy way. Happy tears. I guess this would be the equivalent of. The '90s kids having Xena come around mm-hmm. to the to your hospital, but well, basically Jamie Alexander is a real life superhero. Yes, she is. She's a superhero of my heart because basically Jamie Alexander a while ago told in an interview that she wanted to get she was getting more involved with this children's hospital in L.A. and she'd wanted to visit the kids in the hospital dressed as Sif. Right. Well, she did it. Yep. And it's so cute. She also took posters and DVDs to hand out. Mm -hmm. And she took pictures with a bunch of kids. And each one, the kids are holding, like, the sword or are posing with her. Yeah, so they're holding her sword or, like, holding her shield and posing. Sometimes they're just sort of standing next to each other and smiling. She's posing with some of the staff, too. But in some of the other ones, the kids actually get to strike a pose with her. And she's in full costume. Yep. It's so sweet. I was looking at this at work, and I was getting <laughs> kind of joked up. It was so cute. Like, oh, Way cool. Yeah. That is so adorable. Super Can you just imagine being one of those kids and seeing Lady Sif come in the door? Oh, yes. Well, I've been watching lots of Doctor Who. <laughs> you have been watching more. Sleepy Hollow. I finally done what I said that I would do, was just start watching Sleepy Hollow. And I love, 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 love it. The actor who plays Ichabod Crane is rather delicious to look at, by the way. Girl, yes. And his his dialect. Speaking of climbing like a tree. Yes, that is what the koala and the squirrel <laughs> reference was. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> now you have the mental image in your head. Yeah, d- just go with it. <laughs> and his his whole dialect and his mannerisms just add to his appeal. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> there's more to it. There's there's more going for it than just, you know, hotness. Yes. No, there is. There is. And he, you just had to send me off there because I was just <laughs> going to say there isn't really that much. He doesn't really take it. Well, there is that one part where he's in the shower and then there's that part where he tries to wash his clothes and, and you sent me there. Um, <laughs> I derailed Maggie's brain. I am so squirrel. Anyway. Squirrel. Yeah. Sleepy Hollow. Love it. And I love the chemistry between the two leads. Yes. It's way cool. And it is not the instant gooey, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's trying to ship them together. Yes, there are people still trying to ship them. Oh, whatever. Um, this is fandom, girl. Yeah, this we is ship fandom. everybody. <laughs> Literally. I could show you things. Yeah, I know you can. But. <laughs> I have written things. <laughs> I have no squirrel left, okay? <laughs> Yes, anyways, go. But they work really well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm loving all of the historical trivia that's dropped mm-hmm. all over the place. I am loving a lot of the plots that are intertwining. Mm-hmm. I'm really digging it. Uh, I've only seen about six episodes so far. I am trying to catch up approximately one a night until I get current. 
And apparently I have a strict TV uh, regime that I'm going to have to fulfill. Like the husband is sort of said, okay, well, after we get caught up on this, you have to get caught up on this over here. And I'm like, are you serious? I would have loved this when I was a kid, and now as an adult, I don't have time to watch TV because <laughs> it's been taken over by a six-year-old. Yeah. But, no, I'm I'm really enjoying... You've seen one episode? Or two I episodes? saw the pilot. Okay, you saw the pilot. I think I've... Or maybe I saw two episodes. I can't quite remember. I'd have to start watching the second episode and see if I remember it. I think I watched two episodes, actually, yeah. Yeah. You know, after watching Wonders... All right, I'm not a big horror buff. Let's just put that out there. Mm-hmm. And after watching one or two of the episodes that are particularly on the... Gory. <laughs> are the tintillating, you know, make your hair stand up. Not necessarily yeah. gory, but make the hairs on the back of your neck. Yeah, I have to go browse Pinterest for a while <laughs> before I go to sleep. Yeah, well, that's like, I'm, you know, I made the mistake of watching... Blink. Blink late at night, which was something that Stephen Moffat does really well. He does creepy really, really damn well. And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, I have to watch another episode and it's got to be a lighter one because I, I can't... Go to bed now. I can't go to bed with the weeping angels in my head. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I can see Sleepy Hollow being the same. Yeah, especially because, and this is not really spoilery, but, you know, you see with uh, a lot of the ads coming up towards the show and the trailers and stuff, they have serial killings mm-hmm. in in Sleepy Hollow, and they mimic, mirror what's been going, you know, what you would imagine with the he- the Headless Horseman. And, yeah, some of those are not so neat and tidy. Yeah, no. Generally, decapitation is not. (laughs) Well, the Headless Horseman's decapitation is neat and tidy. Yeah. Because, and this is not necessarily spoilery because it's in, like, the Johnny Depp version and it's in the other S version. Well, he pretty much has, like, magic blade that will do it. Yeah, it's supposed, it cauterizes the wound. Yeah. Um, so that there's no, like, blood spray and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Yeah, it's some of the other juju that goes down. Yeah. That that be weird. Yeah. They don't just stick with the whole New England headless horseman. They go into Native American and mm-hmm. they go into stretch a little bit out into other parts of the I guess supernatural cosmos. Mm-hmm. That basically is what the show is. It's just a little bit on the thriller tantalizing. I really want to know more, but I really don't know how much more. <laughs> Because after that, you're like, I, you know, go Google that name. Oh, that'd be creepy show. They're not going to show that on the TV, are they? <laughs> oh, that's... On Fox? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, you know, we'll stuff see. like that. You know, you learn the particular name of a particular entity that they're dealing with. You go Google it, because that's the weird shit that us nerds do. And then you find out, wow, okay, yeah, let's see where they run with that, because that's a whole lot of ammunition that they got right there. Mm-hmm. I'm really liking it. If anybody else is liking Sleepy Hollow <clears throat> and Ichabod... Feel free to discuss. Yeah, feel free to discuss tall, lanky, and British. Yum, yum, yum. All, all of my... Anyways... <laughs> you have a type, Maggie. I do have a type. Tall, tall lanky, lanky, and, and British. British. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. Moving along! <laughs> yes. Into something completely different. This is actually something I found in the Mary Sue. This is literally wor- worthy of squee. Yeah. Apparently a... This is cute squee. You know, a, a dinosaur skeleton was found recently, obviously not like within the last week, 
um, because I'm looking at a photo of it where it's, you know, partially prepared, but was found in Canada. Yay, Canada. Yay. Of a dinosaur that is estimated to be three years old at the time of its death. It's a baby. And you have to see this this picture because... This skeleton is amazingly intact. Like, it, like all the limbs and the spine and the neck and the head look pretty much intact. I'm sure there are bones missing. And in the uh, cavity or form that it's in, it's pretty much just looks like it's just laying down. Yeah. Like, parts of it are not cracked off or pulled off. It looks like it's just laying down. Yeah. And apparently, and this is, I should say, this is baby, quote-unquote, dinosaur, and it was three years old, and it's uh, part of the ceratopsid family, which includes triceratops and stuff. Yep. So, hence baby, that big bony frill. Yeah, baby is not that small. Takes up the whole table. Yeah, you can see some tools and stuff there that, you know, probably mean the thing is like maybe like five feet from skull, base of the skull to the tail, tip of the tail. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fairly large. That's a but size, it's still like it's still a, wo- a baby dinosaur. Irish wolfhound, you think? <laughs> yeah, it's actually been identified as a Chasmosaurus belli, and it is not only are babies not dinosaurs skeletons fairly rare. One in this condition is extremely rare. Yeah, though apparently the the co-author of the study that just released the information about this this find, Philip Curry, told Live Science that apparently the big like bigger. Dinosaurs do, like, bigger dinosaurs, the bigger they are, they preserve better. Because, obviously, they don't get eaten as much, or if they, you know, if they get eaten, their skeletons don't get destroyed by animals. It's not like, you know, a scavenger can come along and take a leg off with it. You know, whereas baby dinosaurs, obviously, like, you know, they can take the whole thing. Take pieces and and off they go. So they end up getting separated. This one is amazing. I'm kind of wondering, you can see, it's... In the, where you imagine, like, the, the, the chest and the stomach cavity would be, there is some Folds. rock. Yeah. yeah, there's some rock-like material. I'm wondering if that's, like... I'm wondering if that... It doesn't say here. If that could possibly be um, casts of some... If it could inner. be, like, fossilized innards, because they, they have found that in certain... Crazy. Yeah, it was five feet long when it wandered into a river near Alberta, Canada, and drowned about 70 million years ago. I'm looking at the live science article about on it now. It's the smallest intact intact skeleton ever found from that group of dinosaurs. And the beast was so well preserved that some of its skin left impressions in the nearby rock. Yeah, I'm cool. Sure. So I'm not sure if that's. I mean, it could be. It could be just the base rock that they've been chipping out from Underneath. You know, the rest of the bones. Yeah. Or you know, I'm wondering if it might be fossilized organs. But that is amazing, and it's a little dinosaur. Yep. Don't even reach out and pet its little frill. Yeah, in the Life Science article, it says that they've unearthed individual bones from much smaller ceratopses in the past. But, I mean, without intact skeletons, there's not much they can extrapolate from the bones that they found because they don't know, they don't have anything to compare it to to find out how they grow um, or what rate they grow or how they fit together, that sort of thing. Yeah, at some point in the past, a sinkhole had opened up beneath the skeleton and the forelimbs, so like the arms had fallen into, into the hole. And are lost, but the legs are still there, and the spine is still there. It's amazing. Yay, discovery! <laughs> Yay, dinosaurs! Yay, cute little baby dinosaurs. You know, there's a person, I, I'm trying to remember the name of them. It's a person that will combine dinosaur bone and meteorite and fossilized woods or something like I that. I saw to that make to create a ring. Yes. yes, I saw that. Like that so is you can carry so cool space and history with you. Space and time. Space and time. That is so awesome. 
I kind of want it, but of course they'd be like super expensive. Okay, so moving into cravings, covets, and crushes, and into our holiday gift guide. Though for all of you that are now celebrating Hanukkah, hopefully you got any of your knitting done in time first. And you might want to keep these things in mind for birthdays. Yeah. For those that celebrate Christmas, you might want to get on that now. Yeah, you know, the checkered flag is done, been waving. Yep. So, one of the first things... This, this is, is so cool. This is something that, like... I swear I thought this was a joke, but same it's thing. legit. Same thing. I'm sure everybody saw this and was like, okay, no. Like, just double-checking and triple-checking, make sure this is actually a thing. You can actually order this from Amazon. It's a cologne... Intended for men and women. Designed by George Takei. And of course... It's called... It's called... Oh Oh my! my. O as in E-A-U. Like, you seriously, you heard that right. (laughs) Yes, this this actually exists. It seems like the kind of thing someone would Photoshop as a joke, but you can actually buy it on Amazon. It's 40 bucks. It's officially licensed by a com- it's officially licensed and distributed by a company called True Fragrance. This is hilarious. It's available and expected to ship starting December 15th. And of course the first comment bullet point comment to it is set phasers to stunning. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is actually a thing. Subtle and charming with top notes of mandarin zest, Italian bergamot and Fresh ozone transitioning to night blossom, night blooming jasmine, white freesia petals, and grated gin- ginger. Sensual woods, crystallized amber, soft skin monks, and vetiver will delight you when dry. That's a whole lot of different scents. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. <laughs> I love the first one. Is my computer is not the scratch and sniff type yet? Yeah, do you have any sample sniffers? Second question is: Is this real? <laughs> and the answer is: Oh, oh yes. yes. <laughs> Including a links to a. George Decay's post. This is you probably want to read the you you want to read the, the customer reviews. Oh, good lord! This guy's supposed to making up the story about the supposed test he took. Okay, trial he took he had. So you know, the third sample contained Takei's Oh my! By eight p.m., I had bedded ten women. Two of the encounters <laughs> were threesomes. One was a foursome. My success continued as I began touring trendy upscale New York clubs. Each invited my assistant and I to their respective VIP sections at no charge, as we're refusing payment for drinks on the grounds that a man of your stature is above such things. <laughs> so yes, read the reviews. So yeah, just go to Amazon.com and search for EAU. Space MY. And there you go. Now, next on possibilities, I should say that, of course, the Mary Sue and other geeky websites like io9 and places like that, of course, have a huge number of lists of geeky stuff that would make excellent gifts. The Mary Sue even has their posts divided by type of items. They have one for jewelry, one for clothing, one for toys and games and things. Speaking of games, when we were at Knit Night the other night, Someone else in the cafe was playing the Firefly board game. Oh, really? They yeah, I asked them. I asked them what it was like. They said it takes it takes a little longer than they say it does on the box, but they said it's really fun. So, does it belong to the cafe, or does it belong? to I the, think it belonged to them. to them. Okay, I imagine it belonged to them. Oh, did you know that you could buy a shield vehicle? Yes, I saw that. Someone is selling an actual like screen used shield vehicle on eBay. Yes, this is under the Toys, Games, and Oddities section, which was published today, November 29th. There is a... That's the, yeah, that's where yep, I found it. Familiar. So we've actually got two items from their list. Jane Austen, the action figure. <laughs> I think I have actually seen this before because, you know, librarians. Yeah. But yes, you can get a Jane Austen action figure, complete with writing desk and quill pen and book. And she has posable, posable arms and... 
Ooh, and as they mentioned, it's perfect to pair with any Walking Dead, Sailor Moon, or Doctor Who figurines you may have. You could tell little stories with the Doctor Who figurines. <laughs> the Doctor and his companion go to visit Jane. How have they not done Jane Austen yet? Speaking of Doctor Who. Oh my god! It's a Mr. Potato Dalek! And here is for any well-dressed person who's oh wanting to fight the weather. That is amazing. Broadsword umbrella. Uh, when it is closed, and it even retracts. Actually, no, I think that's just... Oh, that's just cut off? That's just, uh, yeah, that's just detail of the hilt. Oh, bombs. There it is when anyway, it's closed. So when it's closed and the brawly yes. is uh, all slimmed down, it looks like a sword because the handle is a sword. Yeah. It's got a pommel and a hilt and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and then the the umbrella part of it, the part that folds out, makes the blade section. And here you go. You can adopt a skull. Yep. Yeah, the Mutter Museum... Of the College of Physicians is you can adopt one of their 100 skulls that they don't have money to restore. So you for the basically for for 200 dollars a head. Nudge nudge. But um bump. But um bump. You can adopt your skull and have your name placed aside it, placed next to it. We've got an example here where next to it it says saved by Mister and Mrs. So and so. Yeah. So basically, you provide the funds to restore. One of the skulls. You don't get to name the skull, otherwise, as Karen and I said, yeah. there would probably be a whole bunch of them that yeah. would be called Bob. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the skull is labeled with whatever biographical information they have about the, you know, actual occupant or former occupant. Also on their list of toys and games is a game I want so bad. This is for any of you fanfic writers out there. Yes. So this is actually a Kickstarter campaign, but it has reached its goal, and there is a free version of this game that you can download right now. It's called Slash, Romance Without Boundaries. <laughs> and it works similarly to, like, Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity, where one person, in this case they're called the matchmaker, puts down one of their cards. And each card has a character or a historical figure or a pop culture figure named on it. And we saw examples like Margaret Thatcher. Yes. Cleopatra. Gandalf. Yep. Who else did we see? Bumblebee, as in the Transformer. (laughs) And then the other players have ten cards in their hands, and they have to pick who who should be the other half of the OTP with the card that the matchmaker posted. And OTP stands for One True Pairing. So you need to come up with a really good pairing. Now, the matchmaker will pick a pairing if someone else at the table, who didn't win that round, thinks they have a better pairing, they can argue and they can come up with a scenario or a scene. This is where your storytelling abilities come in. To prove that theirs is the OTP. And then the other people at the table get to vote on whether they go with the matchmaker's pairing or the the challenger's. Okay. And I want this so... Bad. Does it indicate it looks like so much fun? It in all right. So it has succeeded in its goal. Yeah. But does it know when it's going to actually come out or be published or distributed or whatever? Well, I mean, they've already they basically got it all set up. You can actually download a print and play version right now from the website. But they said, you know, they've made a couple sample versions. But if they actually want to make print a lot of versions. That's what they're using the, the Kickstarter money, so they can right. actually print it. So it is all developed. They just need to be able to print it. So right now, production their production goal and shipping goal is to have all the games that backers are entitled to um, in the backers' hands before Valentine's Day. So you can ruin a perfectly sexy night by arguing. <laughs> 
Kudos. Well done. Yeah, and they say if we meet some of our now at the at the minimum funding goal, they would be creating and shipping it locally, which would reduce the shipping delays. Um, if they meet some of their loftier stretch goals, they will be printing outside the U.S. via AdMagic and having fulfillment handled by Amazon Fulfillment. Their pros, so the odds of delay should be minimal, and according to their estimates, the game should still be in backer hands by Valentine's Day. So, about two months? Yep. Well, three months? Fulfillment delays. Since Games by Playdate, which is the name of the company doing it, is located in the great frozen hellscape of New Hampshire... It's entirely possible that weather-based delays may occur. For instance, around the estimated delivery date a few years back, the founders lost power for almost two weeks due to ice storms. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So it says that the the, the co-creators have extensive print and press experience, and they said at their, our minimum funding goal, we're producing these locally, so we'll be able to oversee every step of the production process. There's an FAQ there, and the if you look at the print-and-play version, it's going to be the same for the production version. They do have blank cards, too. Oh, cool. So you can add people in. Yes, because I didn't see anybody from Dresden there. Yeah, and I didn't see Colson there. And Bob would be tagging everybody. Yeah, so basically it comes with the rules, 335 playing cards and five blank cards, a box that sort of fits them in. It looks amazing. I want it so bad. That would but be, yeah. I so, think that would be a lot of fun with a bottle of wine, too. Yes. Alcohol would make this very entertaining. Michelle, you heard that, right? <laughs> but yeah, so they had a $10,000 goal, and they had raised $16,000. Way so, to go. Yay! So yeah, probably by the time you hear this, I mean, the Kickstarter will, will be closed, but if you search for... Oh my god, they had RuPaul in there, too. <laughs> yeah, if you go to the website slash cg.com you'll find all the information about it nice and hopefully find a way to buy it when it comes out yep ron burgundy alex trebek count chocula <laughs> queen elizabeth the first zeus dr frankenfurter oh dear god we were we were looking at the names earlier and captain jack harkness was in there and i'm like okay that's cheating captain jack would get it on with anybody which as some people have said on tumblr have said have said not because he's not because he has low standards but because he thinks everyone is hot which if you watch doctor who or torchwood yeah you know okay now hey guys we're gonna do a quick review of twist collected the, the latest one twist that has collected. come out Woo! winter 2013 as usual we're gonna just gonna mention the things that we saw that were like, yes, please, want now. I've been through this a couple of times, so I know. Well, for starters, I want her hair, but that's, you know, <laughs> that has nothing to do with knitting. This one's really cool. Cipri, I think is how you say it. That's how C-Y-P-R-I I C-Y-P-R-I by Amanda Scheusger. And basically, it looks like these, like these cable-y motifs, like one-stitch cable-y motifs that move over top of garter stitch. And then it's a solid, it's a crescent-shaped shawl, and the first part of the crescent is in one color. But then that color is used for the the cable-y bits that sort of go over top of a stripey two stripe. It's section. really it's it's a little hard to yeah, describe. It's hard to describe. You need to look at it. Yeah, go ahead and look at it because it's really amazing. Concertina is I probably wouldn't make, but it does look really cool because basically what you do is you knit. I think it's knit using knit and pearl mm-hmm. um, to sh- to basically create sort of a deep ribbing. So that in inside the ribbing, you use a wildly different contrast color to the rest of the sweater. And so that then when you stretch it out, you get these stripes of color. Oh, the Ptolemy Shawl by Marnie McLean. So pretty. So much detail and so pretty. Big, large crescent or half circle shawl. Good lord, that's a lot of With stuff beads. in there. Yep, that's interesting. I'm probably going to have to read that. Yeah, later. there's a huge article in there about darning and different methods of darning. There's some really interesting articles in this one. Mm, that one's pretty. I like Thorn Tower by Robin Melanson. It's got some nice cable work going again, on in it. Cables. Yeah. But I love how the the front it's sort of it looks like a cardigan but it angles 
sort of across. It doesn't just meet straight down the middle. It has a bit of an old world look to it. Mm-hmm. Medessa hat and cowl by Rachel Coopy, which again, lots of cables. This was a good all-purpose kind of sweater, I thought. Yeah, Joist by Andrea Rangel, R-A-N-G-E-L. It's got an all-over texture kind of pattern. Yeah, it looks sort of cabled, but it looks sort of like an interwoven lattice. Yeah, and... It's loose around the neck, and it looks like it... I'm not sure if it's got a hood in the back or not. I think it just looks like it's got a, a nice big collar. Yeah. Pulled over collar. But that looks like a good sweater that would suit for a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of different situations and clothing yeah. styles. Ugh. Reddington? Yes, by Fiona Ellis. It's so pretty. I'm going to cardigan with lots of these gorgeous cables on the front and the back, too. This one I loved. Mm-hmm. Not only because it's one of my favorite colors, just to begin with. Yes, the... Piscataqua by Allison Green. And it's it's pretty much a hoodie. Is it a cardigan or is it a pullover? No, it's a cardigan. Cardigan. It's a cardigan hoodie. And not only does it have this cable work that goes up around the hoodie and down the front, but it's also got this V. There's just a little wedge of cables in the back. And a crowning <laughs> finial sort of right at your lower back. Yeah. It's very nice fine work. Mm-hmm. Keynote is pretty cute. Yeah. It's like a fine gauge cardigan. That mm. I like. Eisen by Susanna Icy. Looks like a shawl. Looks like it's in lace weight, yep. I'm guessing. And there does look Looking like it. it does look like it has beads. Yeah. But it looks like it's mostly texture, not lace. These little sort of again little latticed triangles. And from each edge of that triangle it looks like you've got extra flare, like yeah, more ruffles. stitches are added. Yeah, ruffles on the end. And it's, again, a crescent-shaped shawl. Taryn is really pretty. Mm. The Bayonne Socks by Manuela Burkhart. I want to do those. I know. Again, lovely little twisted stitches. Yes, because there's these ones, which we kind of forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't forget those. They're the Okay, go back, go back one. First, these there's the Mayura Mettons by Barbara Gregory, which look like peacock tails or peacock feathers, which are really pretty. But of course, we have to. Oh, the Moggy's mittens with cats on them. They're so cute. But of course, we have to mention Pixie Farts. <laughs> the Pixie Farts color work. That's mittens. just hilarious. Again, by Barbara Gregory. I love that. I just love how they have these little, these little explosions, pretty patterns on it. It's called Pixie Farts. Yeah. Ooh, I have to read the Adventures in Knitting History article yep. later. Look at it in their notebook. Kitty! Kitty cat. Yep, so that's Twist Collective. The Winter Twist Collective. Which, oh, I love fall-winter issues of knitting magazines. Mm-hmm. So warm and cozy. All right, everybody. Okay. I think that's it. I think that's it. Time to go to bed. Okay. Wasn't the, wasn't the doctor scheduled to come back for us? I gotta do my exam first. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember? Come on, computer. Computer. Come on, Computer. There we go. Okay. What? <laughs> it's my sonic well, it's, it's my, it's... It's a sonic screwdriver. Sonic screwdriver. I, I borrowed it. I'm not going to say anything. Borrowed? I'm going away now. <laughs> I might actually disappear into another dime. If I try and say anything, I might not come back. <laughs> hey, I can't do that with my sonic screwdriver. There are certain bribes I could pay on certain planets. <laughs> Um, people, if you need me, I'll be in my bunk. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go find some Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1, G-E-E-K-2, dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search 
Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's Groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!